this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. Welcome to Strangers No More, where all people are loved with the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the household of faith, there are to be no strangers, no foreigners, no rich and poor, no outside others. As fellow citizens with the saints, we are invited to change the world for the better from the inside out, one person, one family, one neighborhood at a time. Thank you, Andrew. Hi, welcome to Strangers No More. I'm Maggie Slight, and today is our Easter episode. I am so excited. I love this. You dressed time of for year. it. Look at all those colors. <laughs> well, I have to because this time of year, it's not only feeling the joy of the rebirth of Christ. For me, it was also feeling the joy of my own rebirth because this is the season of my baptism. This last week, we celebrated my eighth year in the church. So <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> your, your, your church membership just received the age of, just uh, became the age of accountability. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. And, and you get a toaster oven for surviving eight years. <laughs> yeah. There you, yeah. That's, that is part of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought I only got a jello casserole. <laughs> <laughs> nope. We're upgrading to a toaster oven. Yeah, you, you got, but you but you got to go in and, and request it from the bishop. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear back when you do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know what Bishop Lewis says. <laughs> well, so we know that eight years ago to this week, I learned that I am a child of God. So why don't we go around the little Zoom table and see what else everybody else learned this week? Bradley, why don't we start with you? Yeah, so let's see. Something that really stood out to me this the last little while um, is just the importance of like family support and uh, the family unit, I guess, um, because I was able to have a lot of good conversations with um, extended family members and, and uh, immediate family members on I mean, like a variety of different things, but um, there was a common theme throughout where um, even if you like disagree on things or even if you don't understand mm. um, what someone is going through, just having that physical, emotional, spiritual support um, really makes a difference. And so I'm grateful that we have that kind of setup in the church and also just like part of God's and so. Um, it's really meaningful to me. And that's, that's kind of what I was learning. Fantastic. Thank you, Bradley. Andrew, how about you? So I've, I, as I said, I've said before, I've been rewriting some of my old posts, my old blog posts. And there's one specifically about how firm a foundation, my favorite hymn. And so I, it's, it's, and in the seventh verse of that hymn. Um, so it's my seventh post. I, uh, some some striking things came back up so this is this is the verse where it talks about it says uh um the soul that on jesus hath leaned for repose i will not i cannot desert to his foes the soul that 
all hell shall endeavor to shake. I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. That's and and I. It's a perfect way to end the song. But I, as I was as I was reading it, and I was rereading what I'd written probably seven eight years ago, and I'm rewriting it, and I'm kind of looking at it from a new perspective. Some things stood out to me about how the Lord understands what we are going through, and. And stuff from the the Book of Mormon in the New Te- uh, sorry New Testament, but but in the Book of Mormon it talks about the condescension of God, which doesn't necessarily mean He's condescending to us. Like we would, if I was talking to Dennis and I was condescending, that was a negative thing. This is a positive thing. But it it this condescension of God means He truly understands everything. And the 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 one. Um, piece I'm going to read that really just strikes me is, a, is written by Adam C. Olson um, called Never Forsaken. It was in the Enzyme in January 2011. And um, he's talking about Christ on the cross. And he says, I was caught off guard one day when I read the first verse of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I had never considered that the Savior may have been quoting sacred writings when he spoke these words in agony on the cross. And, and, and I've read that before. In fact, it was in the blog post I wrote years ago. But it, it occurs to me that Christ understood exactly what he was doing and what he was going through. And everything he went through, his mortal body experienced in the same way it would be with us. And it's only the God side of him that was able to, after he died, overcome all that and be resurrected, um, which is a perfect co- uh, lead in into our, our Easter episode. And, and, and I was, I was amazed though, that when he says, um, I will, the soul, though all hell shall endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. This is not, uh, a God who doesn't have any understanding of what we are going through. This is a God who has descended below everything we've gone through and understands every ounce of our pain, and he won't forsake us. Thank you so much, Andrew. I really enjoyed that insight. Dennis, how about you? Yeah, so um, this is something that's really near and dear to my heart because I just did a devotional on Instagram for somebody with 100,000 followers, and they, um, I was reading about I'm a Child of God, and it was um, a, a song that was sang at my baptism, and I didn't even realize the significance of it. But as I listen to the song and read the lyrics, and every time I hear it, it's God reminding me, I get goosebumps, that he knows me. And a perfect example of this is I was doing a fireside and there was about 500 people and it was in California. This was a few years ago. And I was a little nervous and I was sitting up at the podium and I was wearing a mic and I was told they were having mic. It was um, to the lapel of my, my suit jacket. And I was told I couldn't speak or sing because they couldn't shut the mic off because they wouldn't be able to get it back on. So I had a lip sing. But as I was asking God for answers, we the opening hymn was, I am a child of God. So I know without reservation, without doubt, that we are all children of God, providing further validation that we are all products of him. Therefore, we must trust in him. We must trust that he will support us. And it reminds me of a verse in Alma, Alma 36, 3, where wherever 
whoever shall put their trust in God shall be supported in their trials and their tribulations and their afflictions and shall be lifted up to the last day. So that just reminds me that, you know, he has us and, and it's just special to me. That's wonderful, Dennis. Thank you so much. And as I was getting ready for this lesson, I, I happened to pick up my Liahona for, that just came, I guess it came a couple of days ago. And on, on the front is a beautiful piece of artwork as is always beautiful, beautiful artwork that we're met with, said, come unto Christ. And I just absolutely love the timeline. Jesus Christ saved us from sin and death. Mm. And it goes over Jesus Christ's timeline. And just again, wonderful combining the artwork with essays from both our general authorities and from members. So if you have an opportunity to pick up the Leahona, please do because it is wonderful. I have to remember to renew my subscription. <laughs> and, it, and even if you don't want to need to, if you're not a magazine person, you can find it in your LDS tools, your gospel yeah. library. I'm sorry, your gospel library. And there are actually electronic essays that are only available on the gospel library that aren't available in print. So no matter what, you'll be getting something extra in, in the gospel library. Andrew, why don't you introduce our Easter episode for our lesson? So, you know, it's, I knew it was coming up on Easter and I've grown up in the church and just because something is Easter or Christmas historically doesn't mean that the, the lesson actually reflects that. And, and it's because they standardize the books and they, you know, you, you go week, week to week. And so, you know, that often the, the, the hard books didn't, necessarily always match up to the holiday you were celebrating and so i was very pleased that now under the new come follow me where everything is driven online that even though we're going in order of doctrine and covenants when we come to easter we're able to actually have a full easter lesson and talk about the atonement of jesus christ and the resurrection of jesus christ which is what easter is about and so that's what we're talking about today we're talking about uh, times when um, individuals have seen the resurrected body and why the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so important. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting that I was working on, uh, as I was talking before, on that piece of uh, that uh, and redoing that piece because that talked about his death and his suffering. And it was great to do last week. But what we're going to talk about today is why that is, but also the joy of his resurrection. Sometimes I think at Easter, we focus on his suffering on the cross, which is important, but we forget to revel in the joy of his resurrection and joy of what he has, he's accomplished. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And Andrew, uh, I think you're absolutely right there, Andrew. Yeah. Andrew, I love yes, that you finish? bring that up because I know Maggie and I being converts, I never want, I always wondered why we didn't have a cross in our church. And, and I know now that it's because we celebrate his life. And I try to share that with friends and family that just, you know, have 
I mean, I, so I have a friend, um, Yola, and she's from Poland. And every time I'm at her house, there's like 60 crucifixes at her kitchen where I'm, where I'm trying to get pump the soap to wash my hands. And one time I, I knocked it over and I'm like, oh, Jesus on the cross. And it like, and then another one fell over and I'm like, oh, another Jesus on the cross. And they just, the crucifix just kept falling over and off. And I'm like, okay, this is a sign. We don't need to have, you know, like um, displays of crucifix. Yola, I love you if you're listening to this. And you were, I know you're going to be baptized someday, but uh, we'll get you there. Um, but yeah, it's just, we celebrate his life. And I love that because even when I look at people at funerals, they're all smiling. And, you know, when they're posing with the casket where, you know, other religions and denominations don't take photos at funerals. Well, Bradley, can you share? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead. Andrew. Nope. Nope. I was Can just thinking along the. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, this is great. Um, I just say I'm just. I just. I think I want a, a comment about the cross and the crucifixion. I think okay. sometimes it, we, as members of the church, think because we need to focus on something in the church, uh, and the prophet has said we should focus on something, that that means the other thing is bad. And I want to make sure it's clear that the cross is not bad, and wearing mm -hmm. a cross, people who have crucifixes enough. It is not a bad thing, but I think we tend to, as mortals, tend to go, well, I'm not supposed to wear a cross. And so then they would, then many people feel uncomfortable when they see crosses mm. and especially members of the church. Um, uh, and I think you should let that go because there is some real devotion behind people who, who look at the cross. We just choose to focus on a different thing. That's all. But that brings me, as a convert, that brings me joy because I always got sad around Easter and I didn't realize why for 40 something years of my life, I was always sad around Easter. And I think it may have something to do with the fact that we focus so much on, like at my parents' church, they do that play where they nail them to the cross. And I brought my bishop's wife one year because she said, I've never been to another church before and I want to go. And it was like, you know, it was so gruesome. Like you heard the douche, douche. And, and her and I were just like cringing, like holding each other, like, oh my heavens. And so, yeah. Well, I, I, I think, okay. So I think that part of the difference in how we perceive Easter and how we perceive the cross has a little bit to do with what happened on April 3rd, 1836. Hmm. Bradley, can you share with us what happened on that date? Or do you? Um, the third or? April 3rd, 1836, Easter Sunday, um, was when Jesus Christ appeared to Joseph Smith. Yes. Um, let's see. Sorry about that. In, in, in my convert opinion, to me, seeing the Christ on multiple occasions, having that interaction with the living Christ, I think that might have something to do with our church's perception, our membership's perception of Christ. Yeah, yeah so just like that's in Doctrine and Covenants 110. Um, so yeah, and uh, that's, what, that's, that's an amazing description of the resurrected Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, Bradley, what? What did you say? I was just saying, I think it's just what, like, reiterating what you were saying. It's like this emphasis on 
the resurrected being of Christ. And that's kind of why we focus on that because of that April 3rd event. So is, is that kind of what you were getting at? Right, right. That's, that, that, that is what I was getting at. Rather than we don't focus as much on the crucifixion as the fact that he is living and resurrected. Mm-hmm. I think it's also useful to know that he's active in our lives. As a resurrected being, he's active with us. He didn't, he didn't, die and then just get ascended to heaven and is just waiting for us to get there and i did everything for you i i overcame sin and death and i'm just i'm just waiting for you there and that is not the case it's it's much more the vision that he is actively involved in the church he's actively involved in inspiring the prophet and he's actively involved in inspiring and supporting us at every level um and uh you know, so when Joseph Smith says he saw him standing on the breastwork of the pulpit and his feet were paved with pure gold in, in color like amber and his eyes were as the flame of fire and the hair of his head was white like the pure snow, his countenance show above the brightness of the sun and his vo- voice of the, was the sound of rushing great waters, even the voice of Jehovah saying, I am the first and the last. I am he who liveth. I am he who is slain. I am your advocate with the father. That is because he really is. He really is actively engaged in our lives more so than we really know sometimes. Yeah. Well, when I was, when I was doing the, um, some studying in preparation for this, I, I, I'm, I'm actually going to move a little because my note is over here. (laughs) Yeah. I don't care. Fourth wall, forget it. <laughs> um, what I I was interested to to read the word reconcile, where it came to the atonement that the the atonement was reconciling man to God, and I'm I, I I'm still pondering on that particular sentence because it's it's. I don't know. It it answers a lot of questions for me, but it brings a lot more up, if that makes any sense. (laughs) Bradley, what what kind of things did you get from your studies of the Easter lesson? Yeah, so kind of some interesting thoughts that I've had um, is actually about a year ago, I wrote this poem around the same time of Easter, beginning of April, called Jesus is Gay. And I talked a little bit about my experience with the atonement and what I've learned about the atonement and how it um, connects me with Christ in a way that I feel is very intimate and personal um, and things like that. And so it's, it's really interesting to like be studying about Easter and learning about these things again, because I just keep having these same feelings and thoughts that I did a year ago when I was writing that poem. And, um, a lot of people do not like that poem. <laughs> they get really upset at me. Um, it's posted on Colorado campus and every single time that like another post gets a lot of attention, that post also gets a lot of attention because it, it attracts people to the page. And that's kind of- It's like, your pin tweet, young man. <laughs> that's why it gets the attention. It's not on, it's not my pin tweet. 
I thought it was for a long time. Oh, it's my queer testimony. The, color of the campus then. Yeah, that's the queer testimony. On yeah, this. my queer testimony is. Um, but yeah, on, on Instagram. So I guess yeah. it's kind of related, but on Instagram, it's it's the Jesus is gay. And I actually just um, had someone send me a print of the, the background that I use with Jesus in the colored robes. Um, so I have that frame now. But you know, yeah. sorry, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, Bradley. Well, I was just going to say, um, it's really interesting to kind of commemorate that poem because it's one of my proudest things that I've ever written. Um, it gets misinterpreted a lot and again, people get really upset. Um, but doesn't the scripture and doesn't the Bible get misinterpreted? Don't we misinterpret as members of the church a lot? Mm -hmm. That detonates. I haven't read it, but it, I gather what you're going at it with it is that that there is more to love and loving our fellow man and loving men or loving women if you're a woman then then first of all sex but mm -hmm. then but also there's more to it than what mortals can truly understand um and so sometimes um you know it, it's it's like when i was a kid and i'd play matchbox cars that that gave me a kind of understanding of what it's like to drive a car <laughs> but but not really right so there's there's so much more to understand and, and to truly think that we should not have love um a deep and intimate love for men if you're a man or women if you're a woman is counter to christ's teachings and it's counter to what we'll experience in in the next life and i don't know what that'll look like but um i think we need to have a broader understanding of even the term gay Mm -hmm. um and and hopefully we can grow into that well i, well, it, I remember I think, oh, sorry. it brings up it brings up a good point because um there was a there's an artist on on instagram that i'm friends with and i don't remember his name but he did this painting that's like three thousand dollars and it's of jesus and the rainbow flag and it just is gorgeous and i reached out to him and asked if he would mind if we use that for part of my cover for a project I'm doing with our publisher. And it's just, I, it resonates with me. And I, I can't remember his name, but it's a really expensive painting of Jesus. And he's a famous, well-known, he has like 20,000 followers on Instagram. So um, Bradley, who did the artwork for the one you did, the one you have? Yeah, so I actually went to go grab it because this is what it looks like. That's him, oh, Wow. that's him. But he did another version of that. So, uh, and it's, uh, on Instagram, it's it's Kate Scott Art or something like that. I have it tagged. Yeah, uh, Kate Peterson is who who. Uh, it's a guy that painted it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and he's really artsy, and he's a he's a full temple recommend holder with the church, and I, I just like his stuff. So mm -hmm. thank you, Bradley. So yeah, you 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 read. In my opinion, you read the Last Supper. And you want to talk about men being very intimate with each other? Read the Last Supper again, and whether and, and remove sex out of the idea of what we're talking about, and and understand that men have a can have a deep, deep relationship with each other that is godlike. And um, wouldn't that be cool if that's what we could term gay as, right? That we could have the, a godlike gay. 
<laughs> I would also uh, like to really reframe intimacy. I'm sick as an asexual person. I'm sick and tired of intimacy, the word intimacy being assumed as sexual. I'm sorry, but very few of the very most intimate moments of my life have ever had anything to do with sex or with any person who I was going to be sexual yeah. with. Um, and I think a lot of my motivation behind posting it and making that, that kind of poem was, it's an attempt to like make Christ seem more uh, personal to us. And that's, that's what we do for everything. When we made Christ white, he was not white, he was Middle Eastern, but it's a way for us to like kind of understand him a little bit better, I think. Um, with our Western culture is why I believe that we did that. And so it's just like another way to connect to Christ in a way that other people can relate to because queers don't really have a lot of space for that. When, when Joseph Smith was in the Liberty jail, the, the word came back to him um, that all these things in this life are going to be for our experience. But the, just immediately following that statement, Christ tells him, that he has descended below all things, which means he truly understands asexuality, transgenderism, homosexuality, gay, same-sex attraction, straight attraction, um, any kind of suffering, any kind of pain, any kind of love, any kind of sickness, any kind of struggle we have in this life and any type of joy we have in this life. He has literally descended below them all. And if we forget that at the time of the atonement and his resurrection, he has also created a path for everyone to return to him. And that's a, a beautiful message. I love that. Dennis, did you have anything you, more that you wanted to share about this? I just, Bradley made me think, and it's just something that I've never heard that, and it kind of stirred something in me, which tells me if this episode stirs something in you, you need to think about it and ponder. So I'm going to leave it with that. Wonderful. Andrew, Bradley, anything more? Okay. I think I've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> then... Uh, I will lead off the love and light section today because I want to let everybody else know eight years ago this week, I learned that I, like Jesus Christ, I am a child of God. I am an eternal being. And so are you. Andrew, how about you? I think I just I just want to keep reiterating some of the things that we're talking about. I think um, uh, the savior the savior has defined his 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 roles in the church and the fact. And if we started out this lesson, we talked about um, the fact that um, we we focus on the resurrection as opposed to the cross, and that. But we also know the cross is not necessarily bad. It's the same thing with much everything else. We focus on marriage for time and all eternity. But that doesn't mean other relationships are necessarily bad. It means we focus on these high ideals, but that doesn't mean other situations because we all fall short of all the ideals. And uh, I want to make sure it's clear that uh, we can have high ideals and have the love of the Savior for our, fe our fe fellow man as well, our fellow people as well. Wonderful, Andrew. 
Bradley, how about you? Um, yeah, my only thoughts are to just remember that the atonement is there for us personally, and it's a way for us to connect with Christ. Um, I think the original like atonement Easter story is about Christ becoming one with us. That's like kind of what atonement stands for. And so now it's up to us to become one with Christ. It's kind of on our end. He's already become one with us. We have to now become one with him. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Dennis, how about you? I think everybody said everything. I like about focusing on the atonement, what Bradley said. And I think well, I, said, your love I, think and light? I said, my, my love and light is just, again, know that God, that we are all children of God. So I challenge you, no matter your race, religion, sexual orientation, just choose love. Wonderful. And I will, I, I, I am also a poet and I'm, I'm going to be very honest. When I first read Bradley's poem about Jesus Christ being gay, I was taken aback. I was like, and then I read it as a poet and then I read it as a testimony and I challenge you to do the same I'm going to include a link in the description to his poem thank you so much for joining us if you enjoyed this episode don't be shy hit like share it or even share a link on your socials or to one of your friends maybe one of your church friends that you go to church with we hope that your week ahead is full of the love and light of Jesus Christ. We love you, and so does God. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine.